G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Sometimes we stop and reflect and if we were able to identify one of the greatest benefits that has been brought to civilization by Christianity, it is in this idea of having a value for human life. Now, it's only logical that a culture that might move away from having a value for human life there may be some dreadful downsides. A little more today, which really springs from all of the things that have happened over this past week with little Alfie Evans, the little almost two-year-old boy who lost his battle for life this time last week. Bill Muhlenberg's been reflecting, and I think it's his fifth article that he's written this week. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Thanks. Great to be back. Bill, your latest article with regard to little Alfie Evans is entitled The Death Culture Sweeping the West. It sounds a little bit severe, but in reality, that is what we're seeing, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. Anybody with their eyes open looking at the West can see it's a very, very big, black, dark cloud hanging over the West where death seems to be uh, promoted, celebrated, pushed, endorsed. Of course, we're not just talking about uh, uh, euthanasia, which would be the case with Alfie. Of course, the abortion, uh, infanticide is increasingly becoming uh, the norm in some parts. So all around us, we see uh, people being put to death for all kinds of reasons, often very bad reasons or at least, uh, you know, not good and solid reasons, as in the Alfie case. And so to talk about a culture of death seems uh, fairly uh, appropriate in the West. You're even quoting a Bible scripture which indicates like what happens when there is an opposite to acknowledgement and fearing God. Proverbs chapter 8. Yeah, well, that's right. So you mentioned the connection between a culture and where it stands with God, and uh, that proverb spells it out perfectly. It says, all those who hate me, that is God, love death. Uh, (laughs) That's it in a nutshell. Uh, God is a God of life. Satan is a God of death, a false God at that. But Satan comes to kill, destroy, to murder, to steal, as Jesus said. the opposite of God, who wants to give life. So in a culture that more and more turns its back on God and embraces the values of the enemy, it becomes more and more a culture of death. And so you use the word scary in your article, because scary would what describe... Scary would describe the idea of bad things happening as a result of this culture of death, usually when you're at either of one end of life, at the beginning or at the end, but then not even those who are in the middle who may have a mishap and develop a disability might be uh, might be entirely safe in all of this, Bill. Mm. Well, 
uh, the scary bit is especially the rise of the ever-expanding state and the state deciding who should live, who should die, what treatment you might get, even if you're allowed to leave a hospital or go elsewhere or simply go home. Uh, in Alfie's case, he was denied all of that. Uh, as we know, we had other doctors waiting, experts around the world waiting to assess him, to examine him, to see if there might be options. Uh, one Italian hospital even had a medical helicopter at the standby. They, in fact, said they would instantly make him an Italian citizen, fly him to the best hospital in Italy and see what they could do. So all of that, of course, the courts and the judges uh, denied the parents of Alfie, and they couldn't even take him home. You know, if, if, if it was all, you know, so bleak and terminal, which they uh, claimed it was, but it certainly wasn't clear, at least you'd want the parents to have the joy and peace of, you know, let me bring my son home and die peacefully in his own bedroom. Uh, but even that was denied to them by the courts. So here we have Big Brother basically uh, taking over the role of parents, A, giving assessments of whether a person is allowed to live or not, and then B, even the most basics, can I just take my son home? Bill, you've been quite critical of what you're calling a fuzzy thinking that abounds around issues like this. And it's not just fuzzy thinking that's happening in secularised people who are calling the shots on behalf of the state. Uh, You're also critical of the way Christians have a, a fuzziness of thinking around these issues. Oh, yeah, sadly. I mean, I've been dealing with them for, well, certainly all week. Uh, last two weeks on the Alfie case, but over the years, uh, uh, a lot of Christians who just are not using their minds for the glory of God. They're not thinking biblically. They're not thinking clearly. So I wrote a whole book, in fact, on euthanasia, in which I look at some of the most popular myths associated with euthanasia. And uh, sadly, there's plenty of Christians who will parrot these myths and falsehood just as much as non-Christians will. I mean, the simple claim, you know, I've heard so many already, oh, yeah, but Alfie, his mind had turned to mush. You know, he had no brain left. He wasn't even alive, some people said. You know, how can a breathing human being, uh, before he did, in fact, die, be said to be not alive? I mean, this whole thing is so bizarre. Our Christians cannot even think straight. Uh, about all we do know is he had some kind of uh, neurological condition. Sometimes the prefix uh, degenerative was applied to that, but it was an undiagnosed condition. The doctors did not know what his actual problem was. And again, other doctors around the world were very keen to say, let me have a try, let me examine. There may be uh, other treatment options available. Perhaps we can preserve his life. Who knows? Maybe a cure once we do find out what's going on. But again, I've had so many Christians who are just, well, they're parroting the world's mentality, saying, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't have forced him to stay alive. He was dying. He was in pain. So it was a good thing that the hospital bumped him off. And, uh, oh, dear me, no wonder why we keep losing when Christians are not thinking straight. And in this case, don't even have all the basics as to what was happening with poor little Alfie. And of course, we were talking about this contrast, this person who ought to make a decision here. And is it the state 
or is it the parent? And in a free nation or a people who want to be free, surely you would bring that decision down to the side of the parents. This is the big debate, isn't it? How much role does the state have? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of other considerations, and even here we do want to be fair. I think we last, when we last talked about this case, I mentioned then as well, look, we do have uh, limited resources. Uh, Hospital beds are, you know, scarce. We only have so much money. Uh, So, sure, every case, you you know, you can't just uh, be glib. We have to live in a real world. Um, So that's part of what hospitals and courts do. They decide, okay, how do we allocate these scarce resources? But on a question like this, surely parents should have some say and not be totally denied their uh, desires. In this case, even to take them home was being denied. They had about 15 armed guards outside of the hospital, uh, well, to prevent both uh, Alfie from leaving, but protesters, Alfie's army, from perhaps coming in, although I'm not sure that was an actual threat. So that's the real worry. Again, it's big brother, it's statism. And in this case, well, it's socialized medicine. In the UK, parents do not have much of a voice. Uh, The state decides they foot the bill, which means taxpayers, of course, foot the bill. And therefore, you don't have a lot of options. If the state, via the courts, both UK courts and EU courts, decide, nope, this child is, uh, we decide he's a no-hoper, we will not allow him the basics, nutrition, hydration, even ventilation, so all three were polled. Um, That's a scary world, big brother. Uh, We don't think this child is worth living, and who gives a rip what the parents think? So any parent in a similar position would be utterly devastated. You know, again, even the basics, let me simply take them home to have some peace there, but that even was uh, forbidden. So it's... uh, It's getting very scary out there. And when you talk about a culture of death, you're reflecting, too, on what appears to be coming, something of a routine, and remembering the lives of Terry Schiavo and little Charlie Gard as a similar instance to what's happened with little Alfie Evans, uh, all becoming happening too much, Bill. Yeah, well, if this were, you know, just a one-off case, you might say, well... Uh, but as you just point out, we have a number of famous cases. Charlie Gard just occurred in the U.K. last year in London. Terry Schiavo in America. There's other cases like it, even cases here in Australia, where parents are basically being told, no, we will decide if this child should live or die, or even if it's a, an older patient. Uh, so it's, you know, it's not a one-off. It's becoming an uh, increasingly worrying pattern of behavior by uh, the state and uh, courts to uh, go this path. And that's, uh, that's a real worry indeed when um, it's uh, the rights of a parent to, you know, want the best for their own child or effectively just stripped away from them. And the way forward, Bill, what's your encouragement to listeners mm-hmm. to our conversation today uh, to hear of some of these developments, what do you think we ought to be doing by way of taking action or being on guard or being discerning about decisions? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, all that uh, and more. Um, 
uh, I used to live in Holland uh, some decades ago. That was the first country in the world to legalize euthanasia. And even then, a lot of elderly people were moving out of Holland because they were afraid of being bumped off against their will. And that's happened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people now in Holland where uh, they didn't ask to uh, have euthanasia, but they were put down anyways. So I've, I've had a lot of people in the past few weeks asking me the same. Well, Bill, it's getting so scary. I don't know if I even want to go in a hospital because who knows what's going to be the outcome. So one good thing, if perhaps the only, on the Alfie case, there is one uh, member of the European Union Parliament um, saying, well, I'm going to introduce what he's calling an Alfie bill to uh, Parliament to really prevent this kind of thing from happening, this idea you can just strip away the rights of parents, run roughshod over their very real concerns, well, he's going to try to do something about it with a bill for the uh, uh, European Parliament. Uh, we wish him well. And then since then, we found out there's been a number of cases at the same hospital in Liverpool where there's been a lot of bad outcomes. So if we get some, you know, much-needed reform, I guess that's one good outcome. But we all have to speak out. We all have to think clearly about these issues. Uh, if you don't know anything about euthanasia, there's good resources out there. But we really have to be aware of what's going on before it gets much worse. Well, Bill, I'll point people to the article we're talking about today. And I did say this is your fifth article this week on the issues here around Little Alfie. Uh, the article we've been talking about is entitled The Death Culture Sweeping the West, and you can simply go to billmuhlenberg.com or Google Culture Watch uh, to get access to that article. Bill Muhlenberg, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.